0: This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring podcasts such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and the Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsourcecom slash podcasts. Now without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. <laughs> the buffalo bills absolutely embarrassed the tennessee titans on monday night football and it's almost that time of year again for the buffalo sabers we'll be talking rundown would you rather hot takes trivia and more this is the buffalonian podcast all right let's go are back with the buffalonian podcast i'm joe Cali, and today i'm joined by mike marino and not dom loss no dom, the,
1: other, the other one's gone yeah today. yeah
0: we're, we're they're playing uh switcheroo they're <clears throat> sorry also we were at the game last night my voice is a little hoarse today but good
1: reason for it to be a little hoarse though oh like exactly
0: yeah no there's no other way about it but yeah mike and dom have officially switched places and you know mike, mike is in today and then the for the betting on the bills week three predictions uh dom will be here but mike will not so you know it's just it's musical chairs here but yeah
1: no joe's the only consistent force here i guess
0: i guess so i guess so no you know what that's not a bad thing i'm uh, like consistency is key you know so
1: (laughs) yeah 100 percent.
0: yeah but without further ado let's get into that amazing game that we were at last night holy cow i could not i my my eyes, I I cannot believe like just it, watching that game. It was the perfect night, sixty three, no rain, just no wind either. It was perfect and forty one to seven.
1: Yeah, forty one to seven. No, I, I I can't I can't sit here and be like I expected that at all. Like the no. Titans, they've had our number the past few years, so I was a little like you yeah. know I think it's gonna be close. You know, like Ed Oliver, Tim, settle out for yeah, Derrick Henry too. Yeah, like, we had some injuries. Like Derrick Henry's been able to run all over us, and we know. Last year, we had some issue with uh, stopping the run, like Jonathan Taylor. But um, no, I mean, we held him in check. Like, that was one of Derrick Henry's worst games ever.
0: It's his worst game in 50 career starts.
1: Yeah, like, I was... um, He was was replaced,
0: taken out of the game in the half.
1: Yeah, because, like, his uh, carries was his lowest in, like, three years. His yards per carry and overall yards were lowest in, like, three to four years. So, that just shows how much we've schemed... And been ready for this game for this matchup. I would say, like Tremaine stepped up. He did. I think he did a very good job. No, of he keeping, wants that contract. Keeping Henry in check, and you know, overall, like yeah, another game where we go down in the opening drive and score a touchdown, um, just right off the bat, like that's yeah. that gets you momentum going, and then I know, going into halftime, it was only seventeen seven, so it was still a pretty close game, but right. coming into the third quarter, it was just like. There was like a fire and yeah. we just took off. Like, and we were down on that
0: side of the field where they were just constantly scoring in the yeah. third quarter. And then we look, it's, what, 30-something? It was the score mm-hmm. before they went up to 41. Yeah. And we're like, there's three minutes left in the third quarter. Exactly. Like it <laughs> was, The
1: Titans weren't doing anything. No, it was remarkable because, like, like we said, no one expected us to just absolutely blow them out. But you a lot know, of people
0: thought it was going to be the opposite. They thought this would be the games the Bills would falter. No,
1: like I could have expected that. Like, yeah. um, honestly, after this game, I have a lot of confidence going, going forward. Like that, we could really go to anyone and right. beat them. Because think about it, we beat the Rams thirty-one to ten. They were the team that just won the Super Bowl, so they were, you know, the champs, the team to beat. Titans, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. Yeah. So they were. In theory, the best team in the AFC last year, and we beat them forty-one to seven. Mm-hmm. So to outscore opponents seventy-two to seventeen I was in just your first to say that, in yeah. your first two games against two legit teams is it just shows that this this Bills team is like legit. Like I would say right now, they're the team to beat. Not just in the AFC, but in the NFL. No, absolutely. I, you know, people have been asking the question are
0: they truly that top tier team where you know everyone has to go through them I, I would say yes I would say there's no question now I think if you're a defensive
1: coordinator for any team facing the Bills you are mm-hmm. scared 100% cuz i mean we've had guys we had guys stepping up in that game it's like who are they like first touchdown Reggie Gilliam
0: yeah no a fullback is a shift the guy's literally a tight he, end yeah he slipped He's through phenomenal. Mm-hmm. slipped through
1: a few tackles there scored a touchdown i mean we had Jake Kumro got the start because yeah. Gabe Davis was he had out, an and he made an amazing catch on
0: the the sideline as well to you move know, us into first down territory. It was it was fantastic.
1: We know Mitch Morse went down early. He came back luckily, but mm-hmm. Van Rotten stepped in. He did he did a fine job. Yeah. And then Spencer Brown, obviously, he made it on time. I know he was uh, stuck in traffic, just right. like everybody else. But that tweet uh,
0: was just too much. I couldn't. It was couldn't good couldn't to
1: see it. that you know, he made it on time. And the thing for me is, you know, Dane Jackson
0: getting. That awful hit, granted, by Tremaine Edmonds. We were just speaking highly of him. But, I mean, if we look at it as a whole here, he's moving his extremities. Like, there's no real damage done. Like, gr- yeah. granted, there is damage, but nothing long-lasting, and he'll be able to play again. It's not like Aaron Williams, if you remember that. Yeah, or Ryan ago. Shazier for Pittsburgh. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's very encouraging because, at the time, it was like we didn't know really what happened, and then – no you know you just see all these people crowding him and then Good they bring the ambulance on and it's like this is yeah. this is really serious and well, just you see know, the hopefully, Titans player flip him too yeah move i mean him. watching the replay when it first when he first got hit he did like roll on his side and was like looked like banging his arm on the ground mm-hmm. but i think they did the right thing you know just stabilize him get the ambulance out there cuz neck injuries head injuries they're just so dangerous oh, and yeah. you got to take so much precaution with it like so it doesn't matter like how innocent the hit looks. Any hit up top, I think really they need to look into because luckily we were, we were in the stands we're like this is hopefully just all precaution, like mm-hmm. they're just being extra careful with this. Right. Because like right now he's out of the hospital and they're still evaluating him and everything, but he was able to walk out of the hospital. I believe he's home and you know McDermott, a lot of teammates after the game they were saying like how in that moment it's more than just football. Like you're, you're a human being at that point, and right. you just want that player to be healthy and okay.
0: Does no one? Also, my question is: Isn't it courtesy to take a knee for an injury like that? Though, no one was kneeling. Normally, no, normally I know, you take I know, the
1: knee. I know, like our whole team was out there surrounding him. Well, yeah, and, like, but normally the that. Titans
0: players, like even of the opposing team, you drop down and mm-hmm. like you know, like just for a minute while he's yeah. Until it's gone.
1: I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like I think. It might have been a little different. Like on the field maybe he was more like responsive and moving and stuff and we just couldn't tell. Right. But either way, like yeah. that's it, just so good to hear that, you know, there's no neck or spinal injury there. Right.
0: But we can expect him to probably be out for the next game, but even so.
1: Don't rush him back, man. No. Just take take your time. We need you for the long run. Right. And if you look at it though, the
0: starter stayed in for a while after that still. It was before Willis came out. Like it was a couple drives. Yeah, that before was right that. before halftime, too. Yeah. Yeah, because so then
1: the next play was a sack on Tannehill, and then it just went to halftime. Mm-hmm. But um, no, there were there were a few injuries that happened in this game, and like yeah, I know Micah Hyde got banged up. Yeah, um, Jordan Phillips, Jordan his Phillips hammy a or something a ter- whatever he did. And I... like we said, Morris went out, but he came back. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in a game like that, I think it was a really smart choice to take out Allen and all them because there there's no need for a fluke injury to happen. No, because no. it was it was a blowout. We had the game in hand. You don't give, want to lose Diggs because you're already down Davis. And exactly. Then, yeah. We threw in James Cook. Give him some touches. He actually was the Bills' leading rusher
0: after that game. Yeah. Funny enough.
1: Yeah. No. Like I. I mean, I can't say I was overly impressed with James Cook. He had the one long run. Right. It was nice, but like you know, it's only a second NFL game. Yeah. So.
0: I just I have to give um, I have to give a little bit of a round of applause here for our cornerbacks elam and benford mm-hmm. they they stepped up and did a great job in my opinion they, the titans did nothing after Dean jackson was out oh yeah couldn't throw it all in the third quarter oh for sure and to have two rookie, like even elam was making great tackles he moved up on that one where it was a screen pass he, he came right up to derrick henry and wrapped around him and took him down yeah so yeah. i think you're seeing promise whereas against the rams it was more heavy on Benford's side of the scale, mm-hmm. this was pretty pretty decent on both of their parts. And I think that's something we were looking for and finally got. So now the depth that's there, you know, is depth. You're not just throwing in rookies hoping for the best. You yeah. Know, they can play.
1: No, I would say I would say the Rams and Titans matchup's a little different. I would say the Rams have more legit like targets. Like Cooper Cup is a block oh, yeah. top five receiver. And Allen Robinson is a very reliable number two wide receiver. Could mm-hmm. be a number one on some teams.
0: Very well. Yeah, very and well could be.
1: Like, you know, Titans right now, their top receiver is a rookie, Traylon Burks, and they have Robert Woods. Um, but, you know, they're not of the same the same tier as the Rams offense. So um, we were able to keep Derrick Henry in check, and that's the most important thing. When Derrick Henry can't, can't perform, the, their offense isn't performing.
0: Right. And here's just the list of players on our defense that are injured going into the next game against Miami. So I'm going to say even like Trey White, I'm counting. Trey White, Dane Jackson, two cornerbacks. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Micah Hyde, Jordan Phillips, Ed Oliver, and Tim Settle. That's a a good chunk of guys now. And when you lose Jordan Phillips, if he's not – granted, he could have just pulled his hamstring. Like, we don't know the extent of the injury. But if you lose that, that's where this starts to get a little scary here, like pass rush-wise. Yeah, no. Because then you just have Greg Russo, who had a great game, by the way, and Von Miller. They were back there all the time. Um on the outside, but no one coming up through the middle really, other than Jones. You know what I mean? Like, that would really be the next.
1: Yeah. So I mean, this is this is what I'll take out of it. So we got all these injuries, and we got a key divisional game coming up. So I think I think you have to take Miami legit now, after their comeback over Baltimore. You can't just be like, oh, is Miami easy win? No, you got You got to take them serious now. Yeah. So I would say it's concerning that there's some injuries, but I think our coaching is going to prepare the guys well enough and get them ready to go. Plus, I think, you know, our main our main um, way of success right now is through the offense. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen, Diggs, um, all that stuff. That's like our main driving force right now. Yeah. Obviously, defense is very important, but I think I trust Leslie Frazier. I trust McDermott that they're going to get the backups going. Because anytime a backup has stepped in, I think they've performed very well.
0: No, it, we definitely have the best. I think the best depth in the NFL defense-wise. Like people are stepping up. Even the rookies are stepping up. Like I said, and just kind of stepping in. Like and it's kind of like oh, they're doing a good job. Yeah. So, no,
1: I, I know. I know. Last year, um, we really didn't deal with many injuries. We were mm-mm. a pretty healthy team last year, and yeah, that's it's really lucky to have a team stay healthy throughout the entire season, especially adding a game last year. Mm-hmm. So now we're kind of getting tested early. Um, but I guess if, if injuries strike, I would rather have it be now than say right in the, beginning and the last we, two games of the season. We go clean for that end to the playoffs. So, but no, like just overall, I was so impressed with the team. Like, um, I know you said, um, you were talking about how well the corners played. I think another defensive player that stood out was Matt Milano. Oh, I was just about to say that. Like, His pick, I mean, six, the yeah. pick six was great. He's another one. I think he got banged up um i think oh, he had a stinger he, he had a stinger that was yeah. probably mainly just precaution but yeah. like probably no, a reason that, that to pick just take six, him out that pick six was huge he had some nice tackles nice plays mm-hmm. um i know Edmonds. we were talking about henry he had a nice sack yeah because yeah. henry missed the block actually on him and he had a free ride yeah he rebounded right, right to through. Tannehill. Mm-hmm. so you know it's just that's just really good and then um gotta I think, give a shout out to special teams yeah sam martin's first punt with for a, the bills, a Buffalo Bill, yeah, the the receiver muffs it and we get it back. And even his second punt, they muffed it again. Yeah, like Titans were able to recover. And then on they just,
0: a freak recovery, that that was like yeah. it was going it was everywhere. Some lucky. Yeah. And then
1: you know the third time, uh, they just threw Robert Woods back there because they're like we just need someone to catch it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, just catch, just hold on to it. But
0: yeah, seeing Robert Woods on the field was a little bit of a trip down memory lane. I know we were talking about him, and you know Marquise Goodwin at the time. You know yeah. they they would always be back. It was just you know. Yeah. A little funny to see, but no, um there's no doubt in my mind that the Bills have what it takes to go all the way. Like oh, for I, sure. I this is like this is the standing point now. Like you said, seventy two to seventeen over two weeks. And it's the first two weeks where the first week one's always a fluke week most of the time. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's like, Oh my god, the Bengals lost to the Steelers, right, with Mitch Trubisky. They lost again. Like in we we yeah, took the out rush. The yeah. Yeah, with to Cooper Rush, like it's unbelievable, and it's you look at our schedule so far, defending Super Bowl champions, mm-hmm. and the defending number one seed yep. for the AFC conference. Yeah, seventy-two to seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how can you argue with that? I granted, the Titans haven't been looking as good. Even in the first game, they lost to the Giants. I mean, that but,
1: was that. I, to me, that loss was on coaching. Cause yeah, because at the end, they should have been feeding Henry to get the ball closer instead of taking Neals, like almost at midfield yeah so like that was just a coaching coaching thing there i don't know you know
0: i i just love seeing we were on the the away sideline pretty much five rows up and uh mike brable getting mad was probably the best thing i've ever (laughs) seen you know just in his sweater vest on the sideline so it was just really cool and um that first play mike and i were recording reggie gillum Gilliam, sorry, going in for the touchdown. We didn't even know because we thought he got stuffed. Remember I thought I thought yeah.
1: Singletary had the ball. Yeah. No,
0: it looked like it. That and was honestly a good fake.
1: Reggie Gilliam slips out and goes down the sideline and scores. Like
0: Yeah, slipped out of two tackles too, pretty much. So it was it was kinda crazy.
1: But No, like it was just so weird because in the fourth quarter, like, we're just sitting there and it's like something would happen. Like like Malik Willis, he fumbled. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, Oh, he fumbled? Like, oh, like that's that's awesome. But like It was just kinda like cool. Cause we were up so much and like the whole vibe in the stadium was just like so happy just because we were dominating. All the random people around
0: us, we were all like high fiving and everything. Like it was it was just no one was not smiling unless you were a Tennessee Titans fan. And you know, we respected it on the way out. Did I want to shout, Imagine being a Titans fan right now in the tunnel, maybe, but granted they've beaten us the past two years, one in spectacular fashion. So Mm -hmm. I you know, you gotta you gotta let it rest a little bit. So. I,
1: I will I just wanna bring up one thing. So remember last year when we were playing in Tennessee, mm-hmm. it was a fourth and one or fourth and goal.
0: Yeah. Fourth and one. No, it was fourth and Josh, one.
1: Josh Allen was gonna run and he slipped. Yeah. I think the Bills learned from that. They did because, because it was this like year, the same spot. This yeah. year in the second quarter before halftime, we ran a pass instead. Mm-hmm. And then Diggs was wide open for a touchdown. So I think they they learned that um,
0: give it to Alan and let it trust him throw. Alan mm-hmm.
1: in that sense, because they're going to expect us to just run it with Alan on a fourth and short third and short. They did.
0: We did that one time mm-hmm. and he got, he got stuffed. We we turned it over on the first drive or second drive. I want to say. Yeah. And we were like, they went for it down there and they, you know, they turned it over because mm-hmm. Alan tried to run outside and he was stuffed immediately. So no, they definitely probably tried it one time. And then finally they were just like, all right, we're going to put it in Allen's hands and let them yeah. go for it. Because I know what you're talking about because it was in the same spot as that. It was literally, yeah, the it was same literally yard spot. off. It yeah. was not even. So it was like that same situation down on the clock. And you're like, we got to get a touchdown before going into halftime because you were only up 10
1: to 7. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, like um, we'll just go into here, um, you know, the pregame stuff for that game. You had Bruce Smith was there. Pre-game. Oh, yeah. We had Jim Kelly and Marv Levy hyping up the crowd. Yeah. And I think once Marv Levy got the mic, we all knew what he was going to say. And I think everybody in the stadium said it with him. And the fact that he's 90-something. He's in his mid-90s. Mid-90s.
0: And he's that. he He's sharp still, mentally. Yeah. Like, it sounds the same as he did. And, I mean, the last time I've really listen to him talk and say anything, is on that ESPN 30 for 30 about the Bills, the Four Falls of Buffalo. Yeah, that was was probably 2012, I think, or something. He's still just, he's very sharp, and he got that, honestly, I had chills when he started saying, I'm going to be honest with you, that was probably the best opening game thing I've ever been to, so.
1: No, that got the crowd going right off the bat, got the players going, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's, if if the Bills are on, there's no one who can stop them. I think if, the AFC has to come through Orchard Park. Nobody's coming in our building and beating us. No. Nobody. And nobody's
0: in any building I think is going to be like, "Okay, we we have the pieces to beat them." Like just stay, straight up just beat them right out the gate. Yeah, this is this it's is going to the- be our fault if we lose. That's just simply put. Like if we aren't clicking, that's why. Like there's no 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 reason we shouldn't win.
1: Yeah, this is this is the main thing that uh I've noticed. Like last few years in the playoffs we end up matching up with the Chiefs, and we lose. But it's always at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Anytime we've been playing the Chiefs, it's always at Arrowhead. Right, if and that home can... team advantage
0: is actually, I mean, as much as people don't want to believe it, there is a real advantage there.
1: Arrowhead is a very difficult stadium to play in. It's very loud. Mm-hmm. It's a huge advantage for the Chiefs. So if we can get Kansas City here in the playoffs, I have no doubt in my mind that we'll beat them. No, there's no question.
0: That's that's our game all day, every day. Because honestly, we di- we have gone into Arrowhead and won. Yeah, we did. Like, Last season, in the regular season. These two teams are matched up. And now, I think our secondary, granted, they did do some receiving moves, right? Like, receiver-wise. And Mahomes is still throwing for seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's they no, still have legit There's guys, no like... questioning that Mahomes is going to still be Mahomes, as much yeah. as I hate to say that. But I think our team is honestly built up more. And they, they hit their peak a couple years ago, in my opinion, mm-hmm. with Tyreek Hill. Like, everyone being there. And the Bills are just you know, like surface tension in a pool, like when you're coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the swimmer pictures and stuff. Yeah. The Bills are breaking that surface tension right now. They're not they haven't peaked yet. That's the Chiefs are going back down, I think. Yeah. You no, know, losing Tyreek Hill and all that stuff. I think that that's bigger than they think, especially against a secondary like ours, like a good team. It's gonna be different.
1: Yeah, I'd currently say that the Bills and Chiefs are the top two in the AFC. Like those are the two teams that are going to be battling throughout the entire year for that number one seed. Um I just I don't know. Like, I know we're going to kind of transition into uh, next week's matchup. A lot of people are hyping up the Dolphins right now because of that huge comeback. Like, that was very impressive that they came back from being down so much in the fourth quarter to win. I'll give them all the credit in the world for that. Mm-hmm. I'll give credit to Tua for leading it. Right. But, you know, I'm, I can't sit here and be like, I'm scared. Like, I mean, just I, I know it's in Miami. That's going to be a tough game always playing down there because in the heat and everything it's going to get us but
0: right it's very humid too yeah it's not like it's a dry heat like no you know la was 100 degrees but it probably didn't feel like it was 100 degrees you know
1: yeah no so like i don't know i think the main thing is i'm not going to get too far into this but i think the main thing is we're if we can get pressure on Tua, he's not going to have the arm strength to make those throws off his back foot no
0: because we saw in that ravens game tyreek hill had to slow down Tua would turn the ball over is gonna show his face again. He's not gonna be, you know, quote unquote 18 to one MVP favorite now. Two would yeah. turn the ball over. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be back to form because honestly, the Ravens secondary was leaving Tyreek Hill absolutely
1: open. Can you tell me who the top three quarterbacks in passing yards are right now? The three top two three. is number one. I know that, right? Yes, that's true.
0: Um Joe Flacco's on there at number 3? Yep. Who's the second one? Um I don't know who's number 2. I don't know who's in between those two. Carson Wentz. Really? Yeah. He actually had a couple decent games even though it's, they lost the second one though. Yeah, Tua, Wentz and Flacco. That's an interesting. It's, Joe Flacco making the chart after It's like no one would expect um that to have happened, but like No.
1: You know, NFL is crazy this year so far.
0: Well, that's what someone tweeted out. They're like, is it just me being drunk at this Bills game, or is the NFL just drunk in general? No, I was it, like it, I think it, it is. It's
1: been a crazy year so far, and, uh, you know, I think we got a long season to go. There's going to be a lot that still happens, and, you know, just, just overall, I think it's really looking good for Buffalo.
0: No, and it's honestly, last season I thought was the season. Mm-hmm. This, this is the season. Yeah. The way they're playing right now. Allen's literally sitting on the the sidelines after he just committed a first degree murder of the Tennessee Titans, like you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like just it's 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 the year, it's the year. And I, you know, I granted things can still happen, and I'm not gonna I'm gonna knock on wood saying it's the year because I granted I hope it, but I'm not 100% gonna bank on it, you know, because things can happen, injuries can happen, things like that. So no, I just I I don't think the Bills are taking. Any crap from any other team, and they're 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 gonna be they're the ones to beat, and that's been solidified. And I think everyone in the NFL media knows that now. Mm -hmm. Where you had people like Nick Wright questioning it for the longest time. Yeah. And Josh Allen's ability, granted, he he still he he was you know sixty eight point something percent completion percentage last night, right? Not spectacular, but had a passer rating of one hundred twenty eight. Yeah. Third highest, I think. I
1: think Diggs. I want to say Diggs had the highest. PFF grade for wide receiver, I think he was over ninety. I know that's kind of Dom's thing. He knows oh yeah, all those, Dom's a big PFF guy. Grades, yeah, but um, I'm pretty sure he was the top graded wide receiver. Um, but I don't know. Just just overall, it, it was really good to see, really encouraging, and really just kind of like a relief. Yeah, that it's like yes, we are actually all this hype surrounding us is real.
0: Well, in the last Bills game you went to, I
1: mean, you just got to tell. Yeah, us Yeah, so no, uh, <laughs> I got a little story like. Last time I went to a Bills game was in two thousand seventeen. It was against the Chicago Bears, and Nathan Peterman was starting at quarterback.
0: Who now plays for the Chicago Bears, but on the practice squad.
1: Yeah, and you know, Miss Trubisky, rookie Mitch Trubisky, absolutely dotted up the Bills. I'm, I'm pretty certain I left after the third quarter because we were getting blown out. Um, very <laughs> unfortunate. I then think we went was, last night. And last night was like the complete opposite. Yeah, we were blowing out. Yes. The Titans. No, and, and people were leaving the, the
0: stadium. People were leaving because it was so bad. And normally, like you even said last night to me, people normally leave when their team is getting blown out. Mm-hmm. But people are leaving when their team is blowing someone out. Because yeah. it's a late game and people have work. Yeah, Monday night, Yeah, you
1: know, people got things to do.
0: But it's just like, it was so cool to see. And everyone was just, the camaraderie was at an all-time high. But
1: No, I just want to do another thing. Uh, shout out to Alex Tuck. Going to the game, starting the... Hey chat. Oh and yeah. No one recognized him. Nope. No I one would've. recognized him. If I saw him, him I would have known He's I, holding up his phone, all these people around him, no one recognizes Alex Talk. Oh my gosh.
0: He's a pretty recognizable
1: dude. Next Tall stature. This I mean, you know year. What I mean? like, he'll be
0: recognizable this year. Yeah, once he's a little more known and the sabres are a little, you know. He'll
1: have more than fifty games under his belt, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, if I saw him, I would I would have known who that was right away. But you know that I think that you got anything else, or is that gonna
1: I think that's I think that's pretty good. I think we yeah. covered quite a bit there.
0: Yeah, no, we did. But we'll cover Bills Dolphins and the rest of the NFL on our next episode this week of betting on the Bills week 3 and we'll be right back with some Sabers talk right after this. <laughs> This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as sports bring people together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's get back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Union Podcast. We're moving forward with some Sabres talk. There's a little bit more to talk about right now. We're getting closer. Getting closer to the season. We are. It's training, actually inching very close. Yeah, training camp's going to be coming up at the end of this month. Then we're going to get some preseason hockey. Uh, and then then regular season. It's, it's come up rather quick. I know NHL offseason is a little different than NFL offseason. I feel like NFL, there's a lot more downtime. Yeah. Well, even just
0: from doing this over the the course of the NFL down our off season it's uh there's a lot more downtime we didn't have yeah. bills news for a solid 3 4 months like yeah. you know anything spectacular but sabers it feels like we've turned the corner very fast we're moving right back into the season so i mean it's exciting for sure more stuff to talk about that's all that means so yeah
1: yeah no i think uh right now the main thing is probably that uh, we just completed the the prospects challenge um again dom Attended some of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, we did not. We no. But we did not. I do know, you know, what happened. I know we went three no in our games, mm-hmm. and I think overall, that doesn't surprise me.
0: No, our prospects were ranked number one for a reason, and I would say they've definitely shown why. You know, they proved it, but. Yeah, it's, it is a little tough that you know the guy who is at some of these games to give some eyewitness accounts is, is not here. <laughs> that, also talking about FanFest, and when we move on to that, he was there and we were not, so yeah, it'll, be, no. it'll be interesting. But When he's here next week...
1: Uh, we'll delve into it a little yeah, more. Yeah, he'll have some stuff he want to say. So. Yeah. But no, overall, I think the Prospects Challenge went really well. I know they expanded the amount of teams that were there this year. Right, and, and they didn't
0: play who we thought they were initially going to play. They didn't play guys like... Um,
1: I believe we played New Jersey... Montreal and Ottawa.
0: No, no, no. I mean, like, on, like, the Sabres, oh, like, like the roster. They didn't, they yeah, didn't yeah, actually yeah. play, like, um, I'm completely blanking. I, I, people who we consider are technically considered prospects, but really aren't. Yeah. Like uh like an Owen Power? Owen Power, yes. Yeah, no, Owen yeah. Power wasn't, wasn't he played participating. Eight games. I don't know why I just completely spaced out on that, but No, you're you're good. No, man. yeah, they, um, they really only played no, the, the draftees and the, the rookies. So Yeah, the
1: top names are probably like Matt Savoy, Yuri Kulich, mm-hmm. uh Jack Quinn. Um but yeah, no, like it was very, very good to see all these prospects get on the ice and uh get to see what they're all about in a Sabres sweater. Um I think overall the Sabres players that stood out, Matt Savoy. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be become right become a number steal. one
0: overall pick. So or not overall for us overall. I but. think that's
1: going be, to become a steal. I know there's already been some comparisons about uh, him being like a Danny Briere, and yep. we already know how impactful Danny Briere was here. Uh, Should never left, but that's a that's a different whole tangent. different story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like he's just he's so good. I think he was playing on the top line. Um, just to be able to get him where we got him is truly remarkable. And um, Yuri Kulich, I know he was dealing with some injuries, I believe. I don't think he played in the first game. And then no one thought he was going to play at all. And then he ends up playing oh, again. Yeah. And he performed really well. And then, um, you know, obviously, Jack Quinn, expected to be in the NHL roster full-time this year, um, looked, looked good. But just some of the other guys, like a Philip Sederquist, uh, Lucas Rosak, Askari um, Lakskanen, like, those are guys where they weren't highly drafted. You know, they're they're kind of like, I'm not going to say mid-tier prospects, but they're guys that it's going to take a while for them to get their shot in the NHL. And I think they performed very well, too. Like, it just shows that we have such a deep prospect pool that these are guys who were playing very well, and who knows if they'll ever even wear a jersey. Like, for the Sabres. Like, we don't know. It's just remarkable. And um, the one one goalie we had, I think he was—I'm not sure if he was—he was just an invite. He doesn't have a contract. No. No, um, you're
0: right. I did see that. Yeah, he's— No. He, uh, he's not signed by Thomas, the Sabres.
1: Thomas Suchanek. Let me see the name. Yeah, I think Suchanek. Yeah, Such, strum, strum Suchanek Chuck. or He's from yeah. Chuck. He's 19 years old. He went undrafted. 19, younger than us. Can you believe that? it's. it's we were <laughs> born born in 2003 here. So, no, just he he played very well. I think after he went undrafted, he said the Sabres actually reached out to him like the next day or like that weekend because they were interested in him. Yeah. And especially now um, with what we're probably thinking, Eric Portillo will not sign with the Sabres with Mm-mm. him deciding to go back to college. He'll probably... Become yeah. a free agent. We can sign Sutchenik to an entry level deal. I and mean, it might—it's probably a good move
0: for just goalie depth. Yeah, I know. He, you know,
1: they're very encouraged about possibly giving him a contract. Add depth to the prospects there because. Um, can you, you know imagine? We drafted we drafted Landon in the second round this yeah. year, but that's just—he is very raw. Right, and he's gonna need a lot of time to develop. Sutchenik is another one. He's gonna need a lot of time to develop if we give him a contract. But it's just another name to have in the prospect pool. He can never never have enough prospects because right. Devin Levi is still in college. Lukonen, we still don't know what he can do in the NHL because he just hasn't been healthy to show. And honestly, just, just throw in that name because I think they really liked him. I think he played very well. Right. No, and uh, can you imagine being
0: just you know an unsigned, undrafted, just prospect, just showing up to play and like see, then actually getting signed. Like, how, see, how this crazy. Is,
1: this is the crazy thing to me. You look at like NFL, and you know, you have guys like Dane Jackson, he was a seventh round pick and he was starting. Right. You guys like Levi Wallace, who's undrafted, he became a starter. Mm-hmm. It's just like a lot of the guys you draft, they end up making the roster. Yeah. And like a lot of undrafted guys make the roster. NHL. It takes a few years, even if you're a first-round pick.
0: No, because you got to play through the AHL, improve yourself there, you and work your juniors, way off juniors. Everything. Like, yeah.
1: First-round picks, it's hard to make the NHL, let yeah. alone mid-round, late-round picks. This guy's undrafted. So wow. his road to the NHL, I'm not saying he's like you know the next Dominic Hoshik, Ryan Miller. He doesn't even have a contract with this team yet. I'm just saying it, the way he performed, I think he's worthy of getting a contract. Give him an entry-level deal. He can go back to Europe and play. He's only nineteen. There's no harm. No, yeah. Or at least in my opinion, there's no harm.
0: No, I no harm, no foul. If if he's like you said, free right now. You you try him out and see what happens. Give him a contract, a cheap contract. We have yeah, the money for it. Deal. Yeah, we have the money for it. So try him out, and if he's fantastic, what a steal. You exactly. know what I mean? Like what a steal.
1: So I know, kind of continuing prospect talks here. Um, our seventh round pick this year. Lena stroiden, Stroyden, stroiden, Stroyden. Um, yeah. he signed an extension the SHL that'll keep him over there through twenty twenty five. Not not very concerning there because again he's a seventh round pick. Great. Obviously someone who's gonna have to develop. But um, I've seen a lot of clips like on social media and stuff. Our prospects they're playing in Europe right now. Yeah. And I'm hearing a lot of our prospects are playing very well and making impacts. Oh, good. And it's like that's just so encouraging because again these are guys who aren't necessarily highly talented. I mean, Noah Oslin is one of them who was a first-round pick. Right. He's playing. Yeah. But like, you know, Stroydine, I've heard. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Marhala. Mahalin. He was like a mid-round pick a few years ago. Finish. He's playing right now. I've heard his name a few times. Yeah. Um. Some of the Russians we got. Like, yeah. just, it's just so good because it just seems like for so long, we've been bad, but we haven't had like The prospects.
0: No, we haven't had that talent coming up, the young guys, like to really fill any positions, and now we do, and it's just exciting. Yeah, like
1: I saw a post where it was like coaches on the hot seat and the odds they're going to get fired. And Don Granado was like a 12 to 1 odds. No shot he's getting fired. I'm thinking, like, why, why would Don Granado get fired? He has done such a good job. He's the only coach in the past decade who's done a decent job. He has gotten this team to show great improvement. He's gotten them to work so well together. He got. He's the reason why, in my opinion, Tage Thompson broke out. Oh yeah. He's the reason why Jeff Skinner, Skinner had a good resurged. season. Kyle Posto had a resurgence. Dahlen had a bounce back. Like he's just a player's coach. He's very good at developing players. He's worked all his entire career as an assistant coach, as a development coach with Team USA. Mm-hmm. Like he knows how to develop players. He's so. he's the McDermott for the Sabers. If Granado or Adams were to be fired after the season, that would be probably the biggest. Mistake? No. Anything? I, absolutely. Not, I don't think it's even on the table. I, I think whoever's making this post is just because the Sabers are expected to miss it's the playoffs. It's just slander.
0: It's Saber slander. That's all it is. And so. granted, your your your, you know, the Sabers are projected to miss the playoffs. They've missed the playoffs for the past decade. Who cares? Yeah. Who yeah. cares? We're heading. If the you right see direction. improvement and they're trending up, who cares if they miss the playoffs? It's like you know, the Bills. We made the playoffs that first year, right, with Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. under McDermott. Second year we regress to six and ten exactly with the rookie quarterback and we were rebuilding the team. That's exactly what not the rookie part, but a lot of these younger guys and these prospects. We're rebuilding the Sabres from the ground up, pretty oh, much, yeah. and we're gonna see that trending upwards like the Bills did. Maybe you know hockey takes longer, so not mm-hmm. as fast, but
1: but no, we're heading in the right direction, yeah. and um, I think it's very encouraging because Sabres Fan Fest those also this past weekend, um, just to see the amount of players that were down there. You know, it was it was so cool because it's like we we are getting to me. Buffalo will always be a hockey town. Yes, and we talked about
0: that before because I call yeah. it a football town. Yeah, no,
1: Buffalo's a hockey town. So the Sabers are very important to this community. It's not that they don't care about the Sabers. It's just they had no reason to go watch them. Right. Throughout the Past few years, there's just there's been no like sign of life, like Kruger, for like the year. The NHL got shut down with COVID that year. There was just nothing to be excited for with the Sabers.
0: No, absolutely nothing.
1: And coming in the COVID year when it was just um, no, we played like Atlantic teams. And I'm gonna be honest that with was you, even worse.
0: Yeah, and like that's like, you know, if most of you listening know, I'm M- Mike and Dom are the two bigger Sabers fans. The three of us, like I, I don't know. I never really had a reason to get into them. Like I used to play hockey, but. Then again, I just knew of the players. Like when Jack, when Jack Eichel and Skinner first came around, that eleven game or ten game win streak. Like mm-hmm. that's when I really tuned in. And then they started losing, and I was like, yeah. "All right, I'm done. You know, I'm not worried about it." So yeah, like now they're resurging, and I've gone to games with both Dom and Mike, and it, it's it's an atmosphere you want to be in. And I think more people are going to start to see that and come around.
1: Yeah, no, like Fan Fest was very packed. And it's very good because um, showing that this team cares about the community and wants to do things for their fans, mm-hmm. and that the fans will actually come out. Didn't Kevin Adams run a 5K? He did. He did participate in the 5K the, yeah. next, the next morning. Yeah. So, that's our GM. <laughs> yeah. like Running with the community
0: like, and just being out there with yeah, the everyday I mean, people. Like, I mean,
1: just overall, they had uh, Q&As. I think the, the fans could ask players questions, um, you know, just to get – See what they're like as a person, and all the players were very nice. All the autographs, we had some alumni down there, yeah. All the different um activities that they had. Um, again, I did not participate, I did not go and attend. Dom did, unfortunately, I did not either. But so. but I saw enough to where I was like, that's that's so fun.
0: I kind of wish I did looking back on it, but I was working, so I unfortunately yeah. couldn't go. But you know, so here's my question we're looking, we're going to look forward to. Panthers at the Sabres like what what yeah, do we'll,
1: you we'll compare these two teams yeah
0: here, yeah like what we've been doing like last season we were at Sam Reinhart's return game mm-hmm. we lost yes badly 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 is it like where do you see the Sabres fitting in do you see them winning a game against them this year or like like I don't know like so where, what have the Sabres been doing that they did and like what would you
1: you know what I mean like I don't know so this is what I see difference wise between the Panthers and the Sabres Sabres are a young team that's trying to feed a lot of prospects give them give them a shot in the NHL and they're just gonna see what happens you know like mm-hmm. they're just want to get results they want to develop these guys they're not focused on winning right the Panthers last year were I believe they won the president's trophy and they want to the, say I heard that they were so. the top team and they had all these stars. you know Huberto had over 100 points. You had Reinhardt averaged over a point per game I believe. You have Sasha Barkov. Um, Aaron Ekblad was a former first overall pick. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Mac Weger at the time. Um, very reliable. Very good defensive defenseman. And then you had two goalies and Sergei Bobrovsky, who's been a Vezna-winning goaltender and has been arguably one of the best goalies of the past decade. And then you have a young goalie in Spencer Knight, who was a first-round pick and... For him to be as young as he is, to be getting as much time, for a goaltender, it's very impressive. Right. And I think the coaching was there. The right players were there. They had the right role players. And they just had a really good roster top to bottom. For me, this year, I think they're still going to be a very competitive, very good team. They're still going to be a playoff team, top three in the Atlantic. Um, Maybe the best team in the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. But I think they did take a step back in a sense. Because, they rest a little bit? I mean, you look at some of the moves they made. Like Their big one, obviously, is acquiring Mac Chuck for from Calgary. Yeah, They gave up Huberto. They gave up Weger. They gave up Prospect. Gave and up you picks.
0: think losing all of that is worth picking him up, the, you
1: think? So this is why Florida got rid of Huberto and Weger. They're two guys who... Uyghurs in his late 20s. Huberto might be 30 at this point. They are both in the final year of their contract, and they were going to get... Massive extensions, like Jonathan Huberdeau, I I know he signed with Calgary. Uh, I'm just not sure what the contract is off the top of my head. I'll uh, do a quick find a real search quick.
0: on that and get it up.
1: But um, no, like Jonathan Huberdeau, he had a he had a career year last year. He had over a hundred points. Yeah, no, he signed an eight year extension, eighty four million dollars. Oh so wow! Over over ten million per year. Yeah, and he's in his he's thirty years old. Same thing, Mac Wieger. He's in his late 20s. He probably won a long term deal. Florida just. Right, to finish out his
0: career, like retire after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Florida probably just didn't think that was financially the right move because why would you pay a 38 year old $10 million? Matt Matt Kachuk, he also had an amazing season last year, over 100 points. He is only 24, and they gave him an eight year deal. Mm -hmm. And they just felt like investing in Matt Kachuk, pairing him with Sasha Barkov, you still have Sam Reinhart. You have Duclair. You have Sam Bennett. Right. They have a solid top six. Feeding him in there, the type of player he is, he's a gritty player, energy player, but he can also score. Um, he's a great, he's a great player. Like, I know we, I think we talked about it if the Sabers would consider trading for him. At I the time.
0: vaguely recall that a couple episodes when ago. he was on the block. Yeah, in season one. Yeah. yeah.
1: But like overall, I think that was. That's the most notable move, but to me, that's not the most important move. I would say the most important move was the coaching. Because remember, last year, they started the, co- the year with Joel Quenville. Yeah. Before he resigned. Mm-hmm. And then they went with the assistant, Andrew Brunette. And Brunette, uh, he had a great year. They didn't miss a beat, you know? Mm-hmm. He's, they didn't hire him to be the full time head coach. They no. wanted to bring in someone out. They brought in Paul Maurice, and Paul Maurice, he was in Winnipeg for a while, and they were they had some decent runs. They had some good teams, but Winnipeg right now is a mess, mm-hmm. and I think he just wanted to get out of there. Don't blame him, but right yeah. You know, to me, it's a little discouraging because he it doesn't sound like in the locker room he could get the players because we we heard all these reports from Winnipeg like Blake Wheeler, Mark Shifley, they were, they're not very good leaders. Mm-hmm. And those were their – Blake Wheeler was the captain. Shifley was assistant captain. Like good leader like, Wheeler like all just, in themselves
0: or like that kind of thing? They just couldn't
1: – they they weren't um, like about the team. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't
0: rally the guys around them to do anything. No, they yeah. were
1: just kind of very self-centered and selfish.
0: We have pretty much our whole team that could do that. And
1: Paul Maurice, I believe, kind of just let that happen. He didn't get involved. He didn't step in.
0: Well, you could argue that was like Jack Eichel Yeah. and Kruger. Mm-hmm. like Jack Eichel was all about himself and him scoring and all that stuff. He wasn't really a big team guy, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's like the cancer to the locker room that he's been called, you know? So yeah, it's kind of a similar thing.
1: I'm not saying that um the Florida Panthers have anyone that's toxic No. or on that same level, but if some if, you know, they were to go in a rough stretch, can I trust Paul Maurice to rally this team and get them back on track because you know, it doesn't matter what team you are. If you start going on a losing streak, there's going to be tensions. There's going right. to be emotions. Like you're going to want to get back to winning. And well, there's like that's going to what they're criticism. saying
0: with the comparing it to football with the Giants and Dable. Yeah, he looks like he's rallied the guys around him right now because they've won two. They're two and zero. Oh. Yeah, the Giants are the Giants, and they're going to lose a stretch of games because they're a young team. Like, how is the camaraderie going to be then? That's what mm-hmm. you're going to have to figure out. You know, yeah, that's no. when you see who's who.
1: You know, exactly. Like I know. They also lost um, some depth guys. Like I think the the main one was I wanted the Sabres to really sign him, Mason Marchment. He was a key player for that team. What what position? He was a four. He was a winger, I believe. I remember we talked about how that would be an ideal signing for the Sabres mm-hmm. because he's an energy player, gritty player, and he put up a decent amount of points last year. Yeah. He signed with Dallas, and I feel like that's a hard player to replace, because what he can bring, being. Energetic, being able to hit, you know, fight if he has to, mm-hmm. be that gritty type of player, and also score. Like yeah, it's hard to replace players like that because either you have guys who can score but they don't back check, and they're just they don't hit or anything, or you have players that all they could do is block shots, hit, be gritty, but they don't put up any points. So having a dual threat like that is is huge. I think their bottom six might have taken a hit. I think maybe their defense took a little bit of a hit. Um but overall, they're still a very, very good roster, and probably still a threat in the Atlantic. Right, and
0: if you know the matchup between we, you know, when we play them, what do you think? You think it's still going their way, or do you think they'll I would sneak still a win give out? the
1: Panthers advantage? Just because I think their superstars outweigh are, ours. Outweigh ours. I'd say Matt Kachuk. If Matt Kachuk was on the Sabers, I think he'd be the best player. If Sasha Barkov were on the Sabers, he'd be the best player. Sam Reinhart broke out with Florida. And I mean, his last year with the Sabres, he was our best player. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I think maybe we could take a game or two. We'll play him four times. Yeah. But I think overall, the Panthers are still one of the top teams in the league. Um, their, their window is now to try and make a Stanley Cup. But um, no, we're just two teams, two different approaches. Because I mean, the Panthers for a while there were bad. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of young guys, you know. Right. Ekblad is too- still in his mid 20s. Sasha Barkov's not too old. Kachuk's mm-hmm. still young. Like they're still a young team. It's just yeah. they're in win now mode because all those guys have massive contracts.
0: Right, and we're there. We're two different uh, areas of the life cycle of a rebuilding team. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. But and then um, you know we'll we'll go into now the third our third pairing pairings.
0: Did you have your second pairing you want to mention? Because I did quick, ours last mine, week.
1: Mine would be Power and Labouchevkin. That was mine as well. That's last week. the exact reason why they brought in Ilya Labouchevkin to be right shot defenseman to pair with Owen Power who's more defensive-minded. Right. Um, they're going to want Owen Power to play his game. so Because you know, he's go very up dominant the, with his game. Go up yeah. in the rush, make plays towards the net, do all that, and if you get caught, you have Labushkin back there who can cover for you. Right. And Labushkin, he'll be a good mentor, I believe, and kind of show him more defensive aspects to, oh, yeah, for to sure. his game. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll help Owen Power become more well-rounded. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that'd be my second pairing. And then... I think our third might be the same. Third's probably the same. Mine's right Bryson now Bryson and, and Yoki, Yoki Haru. Yeah. yeah. Just because I think both of them, I know we we kind of um, dogged on Yoki Haru a little bit. Yeah. And Bryson last year for not being, you know, making mistakes and not being the best out there at all times. But it's your third pairing. Get you pie. I don't know, 15 minutes per night. We're going to be mainly heavy on our top four this season. Oh, yeah. So... For Bryson, sure. I, he has an offensive mind. I know it, it didn't translate. I think he only had ten points this year, nine or ten points. No, but he so, is more rounded on
0: that offensive just, side. Yeah,
1: he's a smaller guy. He likes to move the puck, uh, jump up in the rush. Yoki Haru, he's kind of a two way guy. Mm-hmm. He can kind of go up. Well, I think and we even mentioned back. that he's, a, right he's shot.
0: That equal offense and defensive mind. Like he's, you know, yeah. kind of in the middle. No,
1: I know Don would probably roll his eyes at this, but like they're still both young defensemen. <laughs> like, I could just they,
0: picture him right now doing it.
1: Like they still have. That time to jump. Like, you know, a lot of people thought Tage Thompson, you know. what He's Washed. played yeah. multiple years in the NHL now, and he hasn't showed anything. And now and to break now. out, and now he's Big contract, big yeah. Big contract, so there's still time for them. I think, to me, it'll be interesting because I could see a Casey Fitzgerald possibly edging out one of them because he had a decent amount of NHL time last year. Right shot defenseman. Mm-hmm. Kind of more um, defensive-minded ready player right um another one we signed we signed Cal Clegg he came oh. from Montreal I want to say okay he's a guy who's on a two-way deal so he can go down to Rochester but if there's injuries he can get called up and I think he played some time in the NHL last year between LA and Montreal one of the he started the year with one and ended with the other I'm not completely sure which okay. way but he's another guy young defenseman who could have a shot at making this roster who's going to want to try and do it same with like jeremy davies and all that but right
0: so we could definitely throw some more people in there if it's not working out yeah we have we have some no but right now i'd say
1: day one it's going to be bryce and Haru. yeah fitzgerald is the seventh
0: right no i definitely definitely agree with that but that's going to do it i think for the Sabres topic and we'll be right back with the rundown after this This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's get back to the show. We are back with the Buffalonian podcast, and I will be taking you for the rundown this week. So we're going to start off with some Blue Jays talk. The Jays are currently in a decent spot right now, winning a three-game series versus Baltimore, 2-1. to one. They began a quick two-game series versus Philadelphia tonight before having a huge series versus the Rays and Yankees. The Jays currently sit five and a half games back of the AL East leading Yankees. Shout out to Jose Barrios for keeping his unbeaten streak versus Baltimore alive this past series. And standout performances can go to Matt Chapman for his two home run effort in Game One of the series. Hopefully, the Jays can take advantage of this divisional matchups coming and take over the AL East. Now, let's move on to some Bisons talk. The Bisons are coming off of a series split with Syracuse, three to three. They won the first three games of the series before dropping the last three. They return home tonight to begin their six-game series versus Rochester. Bisons are currently sitting with a 72-67 record, which places them in fifth place in their league and are six games back from league-leading Durham. Make sure you attend a game this week as it is the final homestand of the season. The team will be celebrating fan appreciation all week, so go out and celebrate our local baseball team. Good luck to the Bisons, and we'll be right back with Would You Rather after this. (laughs) This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as sports bring people together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's get back to the show.
1: We are back with the Buffalonian Podcast, moving forward with our final segments of the day. We'll start with would you rather? And um Joe, I think this one, I don't know about this one, it'll be kind of interesting. So if you're if you were an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. would you rather have the record for most passing yards, touchdowns, uh completion percentage, all that stuff in your career? Or would you rather have a record for the amount of championships you've won?
0: Uh see, for me, uh, if it's it's not about the journey, it's about the destination. Well, actually, it's the opposite. But I in this this aspect, right, I look at it as those championships are benchmarks of your career mm-hmm. year to year. I mean, if you look at a guy like Tom Brady, has he led the league in passing every year? No. You know what I mean? I mean, he's close. He does it a lot. He did last year. He did last year. He should have been the MVP last year, in my opinion. But those years he went to the Super Bowl doesn't necessarily mean he did. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, who? What do who's going to remember you? Like, you're going to come up on, as a graphic on Monday Night Football one time. Those weird graphics they do mm-hmm. of, oh, someone just passed you. Or do you want seven Super Bowl rings on your finger? Yeah, I would definitely say the championships because that's like, You're in the team's history forever then, and you're not a forgotten graphic, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: okay. No, I, I would agree. I'd rather have a record for championships because it just shows that you are truly the best, like, the best winner. You did the best job at what you need to do you got the job done right and, and that's
0: a team stat in my opinion exactly
1: and it's also would you rather be a selfish like self-centered player or is it more like a team aspect and i would right. definitely cater towards the team part yeah so i'm not gonna
0: be like oh i don't care if i if we lose i'm still gonna throw for five thousand yards mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I, exactly that's just that's an that's an asinine thing to do so I, i'm definitely with the championships on this yeah
1: so. all right good
0: glad we could agree um, let us know what you guys think. Um, maybe we'll get Dom's opinion on it at the start of next week's show in the NFL yeah, talk. So I'll maybe. maybe I'll ask him when we film the betting on the Bills. I'll yeah, I might just have it. to throw that in there. But, yeah.
1: um, no, we'll go right into trivia here. I'm back with trivia. This is my baby.
0: Yes, Mike has done it all but one episode. Last week. Last so week. Yeah.
1: No, we're back to it. Um, Felt a little
0: weird without him doing it. I'm gonna be honest with you, but now we're back. back.
1: We're back to uh, the old ways. So. See, I told you he was gone, but he wasn't gone. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so we'll start, obviously, Bill's question. It's been so long, since 1994, the Bills last won on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. at home. Right. What team did they play when they won that game?
0: 1994? Yes. Um. Shoot, who was it? Had to have been another good team because it's a primetime game. They
1: won 27 to 20 against this team. Um.
0: Yeah, I'm blanking. I don't know. I can't remember.
1: The Denver Broncos.
0: Oh, was it really? On
1: September 26, 1994, they won 27 to 20. So Jim Kelly v. John Elway. Literally almost exactly. Almost exactly. Like a week yeah. earlier. A pretty week. Much. Yeah, a week earlier. Yeah, oh so God. that's kind of weird.
0: Yeah. So, no, sorry. Yeah, I I completely blanked out on that one.
1: Yeah, no, It that that's fine. like I know we we've, we've been talking. I wasn't sure if you might know that because we were talking about that. I think at the game. I only knew the last win was in nineteen ninety four. I yeah. It, that was I to who I don't I didn't know, but yeah. So we'll go on to the Sabres trivia question. Um, I would say there is a pretty high prospect in our pool who just had a birthday. Just yesterday, actually, who oh, whose birthday was it? Whose birthday was it? Just turned 21. High prospect? Highly touted prospect. Highly touted. Highly drafted? Highly drafted. Highly touted. Just turned 21. First draft pick? First round pick. Which pick? Eighth overall. Eighth overall. So is that our first pick? Yes, it
0: was. Matt Savoy? No. No? No. Who did we pick first? I thought we picked Savoy first. There's not a pick this year. Oh, oh, oh. Hang on, hang on. Dude, I have no idea. Is it it's not it's not locker room cancer, is it? It's Jack Quinn. Jack Quinn. It's Jack Quinn. Oh, that's right,
1: because He was in overall in twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah,
0: Dom was talking about that. Yeah. You gotta give him a happy birthday. Mhm. No, nope, he just that's turned
1: right. twenty one yesterday. September that's 19th. crazy
0: that they're our age.
1: Yep. And he's an NHL player. Yeah. So
0: standing at a solid six five and
1: Jack Quinn not satisfied.
0: Well, no, but it's like... Own power. Yeah, but I power. get what you mean. Yeah. I get what you mean. The genetics are not on our side, it looks like.
1: No. So, final question. Uh, this is a regional question. We'll do a little bit of a hometown one, Grand Island. Um, oh, good Lord. I think... <laughs> I'm not sure if I've asked this question before, but we all know, obviously, we're an island, so we need bridges. Uh, this will be a two-parter. What year did the first bridge open, and what year did the second bridge... To well, pair with it, open the south bridges.
0: Yes, the one with the arches is the second one, and the ferry burned down. Or so sank.
1: there's two bridges right now on the side. So- like this is the just north the north end and the south. No, end. no, 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 no. Oh no, I'm talking just the south end. One bridge goes north, the other bridge goes south. Mm-hmm. Okay, what year did the first bridge go up? Because at one time there was only one bridge. And mm-hmm. it was just one lane on each side. Yes. And then eventually they made a second bridge so that each bridge was two lane. Was it in the, uh, the 20th century? It was in the 20th century. 1930. That's very, that's very close. 1935.
0: Oh, i It was first right constructed. There. And then the, the second, second one? one. Uh, 1953.
1: Not too bad a guess. 1963. <laughs> oh, that's 10 years off. Yeah. Man. So ballparking it. Not uh, yeah, too bad. Yeah. No, was, those were good guesses. Oh, man.
0: Well, you know, I miss tag team in the trivia with Dom. I'm going to be honest with you, but, you know, <laughs> we'll hopefully have everyone back for. He's not gone. He's just he's just gone. Today. He's just gone today. Yeah, we'll hopefully have everyone back for next week. But that is going to do it for the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, And today I've been joined by Mike Marino and not Dom Loss. But you know what? I can't even end the show the right way anymore. I can't be like, Dom, how do you always end these? So, Mike, how do you end these? Go Sabres. Go go Sabres, go Bills. <laughs>